podcast day. Love you. Thank God for you. I don't know, something different in my spirit today. I don't know if it's um, if I'm if I'm unsettled, excited, or kind of in the middle. Uh, but God is good and He's faithful, no matter what you're going through. Don't ever forget that. Uh, just go ahead and let's say this out loud. God is good and faithful, no matter what I'm going through. Say it again. My God is good and He's faithful, no matter what I'm going through. You can't forget those things. I've thought this way for years. And once again, I'm just kind of exhorting you, and then we'll get into something. Uh, I've I've gone through things through the years, obviously. I've gone through some great things through the years, meaning, you know, horrible uh, situations. Uh, But I remember my father always saying to me, uh, could you imagine how bad it would have been if God would not have been with you? So you got to look at that. You know, you, you might say, wow, I'm going through this thing. Well, thank the Lord he's there because if not, where would you be? You know, if it wasn't for his grace, his mercy, which is within his love, uh, where would you be today? Come on, I'm preaching pretty good already. Amen. So our God is always good and faithful. And let me take a step further. This is Bible scripture. And no matter what you go through, no matter if Satan sets a trap or a snare and catches you, the Bible said God will always make a way out for you. Come on, that's good news. Amen. Uh, So there's a way out for you today. There's a way of escape for you tomorrow, today, tonight, and on and on it goes. Lord, I pray today uh, that we would be uh, open uh, to receive everything from you. I pray our hearts are pliable and ready to receive. I come against distraction in Jesus' mighty name. And I say, peace be still over you, over your mind, over your thoughts, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. We thank you for insight. We thank you for wisdom and understanding beyond our own ability. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, go to Psalms in chapter 1. And I want to talk about today uh, something a little different. You know, we've been going through uh, several series in the last, I don't know, uh, year maybe. But the series have all have all been in the same flow. And we've dealt with, if you think about this, we've dealt with the attacks of Satan. We've dealt with uh, the enemy Satan. We've dealt with uh, his abilities or lack thereof. Uh, we dealt with the airwaves, you know, principality of the air. Um, uh, we've dealt uh, with communication. We've dealt with uh, the the uh, human being, which is you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And then we went, th- you know, in- intently into the dimensions of a human being. Uh, we've dealt with one of my favorites, and I believe that I- I'll take this message around the world, and that is the uh, the conscience and the subconscious, the the thinking part, the meditating part, and the revelating part of a human brain, uh, which makes up a man. And then the Hebrew we've learned uh, for the word heart in the Bible is your subconscious being, your subconscious realm. It's not your heart. It's not in here. It's in here. Uh, John Osteen taught probably one of the greatest series on on your mind and the battle that lies within your mind. And then there was another big uh, speaker that kind of stole that and became famous for it. But John Osteen taught that initially, and it was a, still an amazing uh, teaching. So uh, then we went into and we got into in the last couple of weeks the anointing uh, and how strong the anointing is, how God has given us all an anointing uh, to prepare us, to propel us, to protect us, uh, to illuminate us, to enlighten us. I mean, the anointing really is a, 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 a supernatural 
divine factor. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but it 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 is an element from heaven that that creates a supernatural ability in a human being. Now we're we're always going to be natural. We have you know natural elements, our human body uh, that limit us. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that God's supernaturalness uh, that rests on a human being making that human being the most supernatural that a human being can become. But I want to deal with now, in addition to, I want to talk about your your relationships today, uh, human relationships, because a lot of Christians are, are, are have been anchored or held back to a wrong relationship. A lot of you, a lot of us, me, you, us, and we, we, we've done it with on the premise or the idea of I got to be kind I got to be loving I got to be caring I can't cut people off and on and on it goes well the Bible talks about uh, you know uh, talks about strongholds but it talks also about soul ties and if you're in a, a relationship and I'm talking about a boyfriend girlfriend I'm talking about friendship talking about family if you're in an ungodly relationship and you can't get out of it or it just lingers and it's holding you back, uh, we can probably put that under the column of a soul tie. Uh, you know, there's soul ties in life. There's good soul ties and there's bad soul ties. Like I, I've tied my soul to Jesus Christ. That's a great soul tie. Uh, that, that That's a help to me. That's a, you know, come on, are you kidding me? It's like a, a ship being tied uh, to a steady, you know, uh, port or a steady hold during a storm. That's a great tie. Uh, but then if we say this, that a ship's trying to move forward, but he's tied to something that's holding him back, that's not a good tie. Well, as a soul person, me, you're, you have a soul. I've tied my soul to Jesus Christ. I tied my soul to Kimberly Cool now, who is Kimberly Summerlin for 28 years. I have a, a, a correct soul tie with my children as, a, as their father, them being my children. I have soul, I've tied my soul in a sense to write friendships. I've tied my soul in a sense to mentors and, and on and on it goes. But these relationships have to be God relationships. These relationships need to be God ordained relationships, maybe I should say. But let me read Psalms chapter one. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, uh, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. And he, now he, she, obviously, don't get upset about that. Uh, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf uh, also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. Now it says here in, in verse 4, the ungodly are not so. But they are like a chaff, which uh, the wind uh, driveth away, or to and fro. So the ungodly, they have all these relationships. They're not anchored to anything stable. Uh, so their lives just go to and fro. To and fro. They're just blowing around in the wind. Uh, you know, they don't know what today holds. They don't know what tomorrow holds. There's no stability in their life. We'll get into James in just a second. Uh, but there, there has to be God's stability. There has to be relationships. You know, in the New Testament. It talks about uh, relationships that you should have. You, you should be a mentor to somebody. You should be be being mentored by somebody, and you should be reaching out to people. 
So you, there, you know, there's three opportunities there for healthy relationships. Come on, am I preaching pretty good? Uh, and then it says here in, in verse 5 and 6, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners uh, in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now once again we talked about uh, where a man is sitting, where he assembles himself, uh, who he walks with, who he's, who he uh, you know, fellowships with, who he's living life with. If you have ungodly relationships in your life, they are pulling you down. I'll say it again. If you have ungodly relationships in your life, they are pulling you down. They will pull you down. It, it'll be a, a, a catastrophic event at some point in time. If your soul tied to an ungodly source, it's going to be, it, it'll end in, in a, or a horrific event. It's not going to end good for you. Uh, you have to sever those soul ties. Come on. It, it, hey, let me, how do I do this, Lord? Think now of a person in your life that you probably say, I love, 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 love the mess out of them if you're from the South. But every time I'm, I leave them, I'm just aggravated. I'm agitated. I'm in a bad mood. I'm frustrated. All the, all the Ted's. If, if that should not, a friendship, a relationship with a true God person or an ordained uh, relationship should not uh, bear these fruit. You should not be frustrated. You should not be aggravated. You know, you should not be agitated. Uh, from a God relationship, it should bear the sweet fruit of a re relationship, a God relationship. It, it, it should be helpful to you. Relationships should help you. Uh, they, they should be encouraging to you. Uh, you should be uh, a good relationship. You should be sharpened. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. You should be lifted up. Come on. I'm preaching pretty good. Maybe you need to take inventory of your life. Hey, just because someone, you went to high school with somebody. Let me help you here. And you've known them for 20 years, 30 years, 15 years. I don't know. That doesn't mean that you have to stay in a soul-tied, uh, lifelong relationship with them. doesn't mean that. That's an error. Uh, you need to begin to look and see what relationships uh, yield godliness or point you to heaven or sharpen you uh, in the things of God. And those are the relationships that you need to pursue. Uh, hey, preaching a little better than what you're saying. Amen. Go with me to Acts real quick. Um, years ago, as a young preacher, I'll help you here today. If you're a young preacher, young minister, but if you're just a good Christian, this will help you as well. Let me back up before young preacher. As a young man, go to Acts 26. As a young man, um, uh, I wanted to please people. I think all, all good-hearted people want to please people. And I want people, I wanted, I wanted acceptance from people. I want, you want people to accept you. You want people to love you, care about you, and on and on it goes. Well, as a young man, that's fine, but then you grow up, yes, you still want to please people, but you got to be careful because you can get into to pleasing people uh, to such a point where it manipulates and it controls your life. Uh, number one, you got to please God. Uh, that's the number one thing in your life. you, you got to please God. you got to please uh, the, the parameters of God. You can't please them, but you stay within the parameters of God's word, God's design uh, for the recreated human being, and you please God. But... I started realizing as a young preacher that people can control you. 
um, people's faces, people's attitudes, um, you know, or the lack thereof. People are, are very wise, some people more so than others. They, they get demonic help. If you're a deceptive person, you can't do that by nature because you got the nature of God. God's not deceptive. So if you're manipulating, controlling, deceptive, uh, that's all under witchcraft. And if you know how to, to move people by way of emotions, that's demonic. And if that's who you are, that's ungodly. So some people are better than others with the help of demons. Well, I've learned through the years and then becoming a pastor that, yes, you kind of want to sort of barely <laughs> want to please people because that's not my job. My job is not to please people. My job is to convey, to, to protect uh, God's word in such a way that, that I, I convey it in such purity uh, that it that it has such an effect on on the listeners. That's my job to protect you. That's my job, but my job's not to please people. Uh, that's actually in the letters that Paul wrote. That the day will come where there'll be uh, people who will not heed to sound doctrine. I'm gonna listen to sound doctrine, but they're gonna find someone that ple- preaches a pleasing message that makes them happy even in their sin. That's what the scripture of Timothy says. But here I want to read the scripture to you in just a moment. So I'm a young man, young preacher, uh, and I, I realize that I'm kind of under this idea or even spell that I got to make everybody happy. Well, how do you make hundreds upon hundreds of hundreds of people happy or even thousands? I don't know how many people come through the ministry or I'm in contact with. It's a lot you know, weekly. It's a lot in the last 16 years, but to try to make every single person happy or, or to please everybody, it's an impossible uh, task. It's an impossible feat. And I remember uh, one day I was talking to, to Dr. Barclay about this, uh, who's my mentor, who's my spiritual father, and he has taken the role of my natural father, and I'm happy about it. Um, but I'm talking to him one day about this, and he says, uh, he gave me a scripture out of the Old Testament. He said, uh, you know, uh, when, before you preach, pray, Lord, don't let the people's faces scare me. And so I'm not a fearful guy. But when you preach sometimes, there's a couple people out there that are angry and upset no matter what you do. And, and it, their face says it. You got to kind of preach beyond what their face is saying. But anyhow, I was talking to him. And I said, um, you know, about this, this people, about... Uh, people moving you and about altering your life because of people and altering, you know, how you live and your peace and you give so much to people that you make yourself miserable or you're such a good friend or good whatever to a fault, we, we could say. And he, and he uh, told me a story when John Osteen uh, came to dedicate his church building. And he said, and, and it's funny because I'd forgotten about it and it's in his magazine this year, this year's or month's magazine. And before he called John Osteen up to come up, uh, uh, John Osteen uh, s- said to him, uh, and I don't believe the exact quote, but um, you're, you're free from the people. You're, de- you're delivered from the people. And, and Dr. Barclay now, you know, he's thinking, I-, I can leave Michigan. You know, I can go back to California to a big city. And that's not what uh, um, John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen, was saying. But what he was saying is found right here in Acts twenty six seventeen. And you remember uh, that Paul goes. Paul was converted uh, from. I, I hope this is helping you. This is come. It just came so 
uh, out of left field today. This kind of hit me to share this with you. I hope it brings deliverance today and then healing to you. Uh, but um, we got Paul who was converted, uh, Saul, Saul, you know, why do you persecute me, so on and so forth. And then he came from Saul to Paul, very wise, very smart man, naturally educated, and then he became a very wise believer, a, a, a strong believer. But in 17, 26, 17, it says, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles. Now, th this is a powerful statement. And especially as a pastor or in Christianity, because you got people, meaning your people. Um, so let's just say your family, your close friends, God will deliver you from wrong relationships if you let them. Now, if you just say, hey, I'm going to stay in bondage, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. Well, God will be a gentleman and give you whatever you want. Uh, but if you let God deliver you from wrong relationships, those around you, he'll deliver you from that. But then as the, as the, you broaden the scope or it gets a little wider, uh, the net, so to speak, uh, God will also deliver you from every person that potentially uh, would try to hold you back, would try to control or manipulate you. That's pretty good news. And for a young preacher like me years ago, you know, I'm 52 years old this year. I'm not a young man. I'm not an old man. But I'm older today than I was last year, and on it goes. And, and in ministry, I started preaching almost 30 years ago now, but in ministry, in some kind of full ministry capacity, uh, you're talking about 26-ish years. So I've been around, and I understand the effect that people can have on you. And I understand how it is to have a free mind and have the ability to think on your own, not to be controlled, manipulated, you know, pressed down by a demon, by a person, and on and on it goes, by a personality. Come on, preaching pretty good. You need to get free today uh, with this. Uh, but it's nice to think on your own, and it's nice not to have a shadow of, well, my friend's going to disagree, my neighbor's going to disagree, you know, these 20 people in my life are going to make fun of me. You know, they're not going to believe me. Hey, uh, block and delete. One of my favorite two words. If you aggravate me, if you try to hold me back from what God has, the assignment that God has given me, you will fall under these two words. I will block and delete you, not in anger, not in hate, but I've got to protect the assignment. I've got to protect the promises that God's given unto me, and he's given them unto you as well. And in order to do that, I have to have right relationships around me. Running out of time. I was trying to get to this point. You have an anointing. Uh, you need to protect the anointing. You, it's, it's your job to protect the anointing of God on your life. It's Satan's job. Uh, now, God didn't give it to him. He gave it to himself. Well, but his day uh, quest, everyday quest vision is to try to reduce the anointing that God's placed on your life. And if he can reduce that anointing, uh, if he can take some of that away, if he can, in a sense, I want to get into to theology on that, but if he can take some of that anointing or uh, reduce it in a sense, uh, he can take some of your supernatural power and ability that God's given you for success. Come on, I'm preaching pretty good. So now I'm not saying get on your phone and block everybody, and, and I'm not saying tell your friends to take a hike. I'm saying you might want to take inventory, and you might want to think about who in my life is helping me and who in my life am I, should I be helping? And who, then there's another category. Who in my life is holding me back in error? Who in my life uh, always has a negative word? Who in my life always points out the bad? Who in my life always tries to hold me back? 
uh, you might need to look at that relationship and see if it's a God relationship or if it's a Satan-ordained, ordered relationship. Hope I helped you today. Hey, let's look at your kids. You know, I'm an advocate, uh, a huge advocate for our youth today. Uh, when Satan wants your children, he first is going to develop a strong relationship with somebody. And, and the strong relationship may not look like a demonic you know, influenced person at the time. Uh, but he has to form a relationship and he has to, he has to, uh, you know, uh, span that gap of trust and get close into proximity to your child. He has to earn their trust. Once he earned their trust, he springs the trap and begins to manipulate, control, deceive, so on and so forth. Uh, watch your children, watch your children's relationships and don't assume anything. Make no assumptions. Uh, you scan, uh, you watch, you look, you listen to every relationship that your child is in. And, and don't give them uh, you know, space alone, especially at a young age. No, uh, hey, hey, have a policy in your house. No closed door policy. They close the door, take the door off the hinges. You know, no darkness. Uh, you, they can't be away from you. And you say, why are you acting like this? Uh, Satan is trying so hard to manipulate burden, control your children. He's going to do it with a wrong relationship or wrong relationships. It's your job as the parent. You possess the ability as a parent to root this thing out. The child has not come to a place in their life of maturity where they possess the ability to do this on their own. Uh, therefore, they need their guardian, their God parent, their, the one that God gave them that has wisdom beyond their years to step in and say, no, this relationship is not for you. I'm cutting this thing off. The sooner you do it, uh, the less trouble it's going to be within that season. If you let it happen for five, six years and they form a bond, now when you cut that thing off, there's going to be crying, there's going to be hurting, there's going to be whining, there's going to be you know all kind of mess. But if you cut it off before it has a chance to form or, or, or to bond, uh, you'll help your child and save them from a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. Out of time, I love you. <laughs> I call you a highly blessed, favored, healthy, strong, full of God, life, no sickness, no disease, no aches, no pains, no symptoms in your body in Jesus' name. Pastor Rich, I love you. Don't forget church, Wednesday night, 645, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, newwaychurchfl.com or richardsummerlin.com. Until next time, God bless.